Hello and welcome to episode 22 of Inside the WDF with me, Andrew Sinclair. Since the last podcast, England has gone into another lockdown and the WDF Virtual Cup has come to a conclusion with England winning both overall titles and the ladies singles event thanks to Fallon Sherrick. The men's singles event went to Patrick Kovac of Hungary. And in this episode of the podcast, I'm joined by the men's runner-up, Alan Suter, Will Stewart from USA Darts and the ladies WDF Virtual Cup semi-finalist Irina Armstrong. However, also since we last spoke, the darting world lost a true pioneer in the, the Tun Machine, the man in black, Alan Glazier, who passed away on the 12th of November. Alan was 81 uh, this year and he, he's one of the sport's first professionals. He took part in the inaugural BDO World Championship back in 1978, losing 6-4 to Alan Evans. He was a News of the World finalist in 1979 and he played 27 times for England during his illustrious career. He won the North American Open, the Swedish Open and in total he played at nine BDO World Championships. His best results came in 1985 when he got to the quarterfinals. He beat Jerry Umberger and Steve Brennan before losing to Eric Bristow and he lost to Bristow again the following year, 1986, when he got to the semi-finals. That year he beat Bob Sinovay of Canada Keith Della and Terry O'Day before going down 5-3 to the Crafty Cockney. Uh, Alan also appeared on Bullseye 15 times as a, as a professional. He suffered a heart attack in September and obviously now has has passed away. And you could tell from the outpouring of comments from Darton figures, you know, past, present, retired, what an impact he'd had on them and his impact on the sport, and he will be sadly missed. Uh, our friend Alex Moss over at the Weekly Dartscast did a brilliant interview with Alan back in June for his Darts Legends series, and I'd really recommend you you check that out. It taught me a lot, and it's a fantastic listen. But without further ado, the opening guest on this month's show is Scotland's Alan Souter, and we discussed what 2020 has been like for him, the amount of online darts he's played, that how the Virtual Cup went, and his potential ambitions for a Q School run in 2021. I'm now delighted to be joined by the recent WDF Virtual Cup runner-up, Alan Souter. How are you, Alan? Yeah, good, thanks. Just home from work. Uh, normal day at work, and then back down to do some of this more dart stuff. I was going to say, 2020 has been quite weird for a lot of people, but I suppose with you working as a fireman, it's probably been quite similar to normal. Yeah, it's, uh, it is pretty similar. On the darts front, it's obviously been pretty much non-existent apart from online and virtual, but um, yeah, work as normal all the way through. And in terms of darts, I know you, you don't do the tour as such, but did you have any events planned or booked for the year? Yeah, well, obviously playing for Scotland, um, we had quite a few things lined up uh, to, to go to Europe Cup and Six Nations and things that were all put on hold. Even the British internationals were cancelled this year, so... That, that, that's kind of the worst things to miss. Playing for your country, um, 2020 has been awful for, for everybody, but to not get to represent your country on a proper stage playing darts for Scotland has been horrible, yeah. And, and from a personal perspective, you didn't get the chance to defend your Helvetia Open title, which we, we talked about when you were on last year. Well, to be fair, I'm still the Helvetia Open champion, am I? So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll take that for another year until maybe I can go back to Switzerland and uh, see the guys in Zurich and have another go, yeah. And I mean, you mentioned playing for your country. Since we last spoke, you obviously played in another World Cup for Scotland. How did you find the whole experience last time out in Romania? Amazing. Th- th- those events, um, 
events are the best events that you can play in as a dark player. I know, I know the money and the riches and the PDC and things like that, but playing for Scotland in a, in a World Cup is just incredible. There's so many countries at this one as well. I've played in a few now. I've been lucky enough to represent Scotland in a couple of World Cups. And um, Romania was brilliant because there were so many countries there. And it was the, the standard's crazy. You, you think... You know, the UK and, and the Dutch are, are the big players, but there's, there's so many countries now are, are at that level of 80, 90, 95 to 100 averages. It's, it's brilliant. I love them. Well, I mean, in the, in the team competition in the World Cup, I think Scotland went out to Serbia. Yeah, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It was one of those games where we were cruising. We were miles in front and we were cruising and then it just started sliding one leg at a time. You know, the team events one leg at a time. And we're all standing behind the guy that's playing, and it just slipped away and slipped away and slipped away. And it, even when it came down to it all, when we had the deciding leg, we put Ross on because Ross has got so much metal and so much experience in those types of situations. And even that just didn't work for us. He lost that leg, and we were just gutted because we we had a good run in that. We we could have had a good. We fancied it, you know, but it's just. One of those things. I think it's it's like being Scottish, like last night watching the football. It's <laughs> sometimes it's sometimes it's tough being Scottish. <laughs> Something else you did last year, probably less fun, was you, you played at the World Masters, and obviously there was all the shenanigans with the the redraw. What did you make of it all? <sighs> Don't know what it's. That was the final nail in the coffin. I think. I think just it was so bad, and and for me, I played in the World Masters, and then I drove home because I took a lot of the youth players, the kids, and things down, and then. I drove home all the way from London to Scotland, picked up a couple of our players for the Lakeside qualifier and drove all the way back the next day. So I was up and down twice to go play and it, to be honest, it sucked. And, and and I'm kind of glad the way it's all went and the way things have worked out and let's hope for a brighter, better future as we move forward because that was a very, very much a low point for, for me and for a lot of the BDO guys. And did all that, you know, the shenanigans with the Rager and the fake names, did you feel that affected your performances at all? Yeah, it was. It was. It, you know what? The whole setup was terrible. The venue, the getting in, the queuing, the, the microphone. They use the microphone. So when you're playing, there's people shouting out on the microphone about you being exterminated and all these crazy things that go on in in these events. And it it, it was a farce. I, 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 it's not something we should go over and over and over because it's done and it's passed. But yeah, it it put a bad feeling in a lot of people's mouths from they already had. A doubt and an inkling that things were getting bad, but yeah, that was the final straw for most of us. Before we move on to to talk about the virtual cup, I know you've been doing an awful lot of online darts this year. I know you won one of the Icelandic shootouts. And yeah. is it is it the experience of playing in lots of those events that helps you, or do you just find that the online format works for you? Um, yeah, good question. Uh, yeah, I played a lot, and I played a lot of Icelandic things. Halley got me to play in one of them and I really enjoyed it and because it was live streamed you know you felt like you were actually still playing a proper match and it wasn't so much a, a, a faceless virtual game it was quite good and you could watch the games back and the commentary and all that was really good um, I enjoyed them but it's funny because Ross didn't play in any and then when we got selected for the virtual cup um, me and Ross practiced for maybe almost a month beforehand we had a lot of nights where we were playing darts together. Ross was playing brilliant as well, but the the small things that put you off in virtual darts, are, the, the tiny things that put you off, like noises in the background in people's houses, even down to the thing of walking on a wooden hockey that makes noise, or the darts, or opening a bottle, or the fridge door. It, it, there's so many things, even children in the background. But 
think obviously my experience of playing in those and doing JDC virtual and things like that, that, that massively helped. Of course it did. I think that was the one of the key factors was that and the other factor was practicing so much with Ross. I don't think I've practiced so much that I did in the last four to six weeks. I mean you mentioned that the JDC virtual, you obviously won the, the gold medal for that. Talk me through the I mean the whole process because obviously it's a it's a scoring event rather than a, a traditional five oh one type thing. JDC virtual office, JDC Steve Brown's baby. Um, I've also been involved for a few years because of the youth academy that I run up here, and I keep <laughs> I, I kept a close eye on the JDC and what was happening, and I'd done the routine a few years ago before it became a big thing on online. I'd, I'd done the routine and I took it to the, our own academy, and the kids get they had a shot, and we kind of tried to work it in our routine, wondering if we were going to be a JDC academy and all this sort of stuff. So I've seen it, and I, I see I used to watch. Team Barry and Kate Sheldon and that all do it from the, the Irish uh, Academy. So I, I knew it all about it. It's a really good format. You know, you go Shanghai around the board from 10s to 15s. Then you do all the doubles, one dart each double, which is really crucial. You know, that, that's clutch darts when you've only got one dart each double. And then you're back to Shanghai again, 15 to 20. So it's brilliant. I really enjoy it. And it, it's one of those things that I've started adopting. Before I play in an online match, I normally have a couple of runs through the JDC Virtual. Because it just sharpens up your, your treble scoring and maybe it sharpens up the doubles as well. So, yeah, really good. And the virtual thing for me playing in it's been been great. There's a lot of guys in Scotland got involved. A lot of guys from my area up in Angus have been involved in it. And we've, we're just going to play JDC Virtual. The, the new World Team League starts on Monday. So, something more to look forward to. You know, and it gets you on the dartboard in the house where a lot of times, because there hasn't been anything to play for, you know, guys have maybe put their darts away. I know a few, a few of the Scotland international guys have not played the whole of lockdown. They've not even practiced in the house. Just it's just not been on the agenda because there's no events to look forward to. So I'm quite keen to keep it going. I know Ross is keen to keep practicing as well. And we're going to have a lot of nights on Dark Connect and just play against each other, get our get our level back up to where we want to be. So yeah, JDC virtual really helps. It's a, it's a great event. I like it. You know the restrictions in Scotland have been a little different to, to in England. So, have you had the chance to play any, play any in person darts down the pub and so on? Nah, not at all. I've not been in not been in a pub since March, April, whenever lockdown started. Yeah, we've not been involved in anything. I know. I see obviously through Facebook and social media, you see different events have been going on around the UK and that. But the restrictions we're under, it's pretty much a no go for darts, and, and I don't think that it's going to change anytime soon unless this vaccine changes. So. There's been no in-person darts. Probably why I've done all right in the WDF Virtual Cup, because that's all I've been doing. I've not been playing anybody at darts at all, apart from online. So, yeah, it's been a tough, and, and like you said at the start, a strange 2020. So, I think the sooner we get back to in-person darts, it is better for everybody. But in the meantime, we've got virtual darts, we can do it. And I think virtual darts will probably be around even when we go back to in-person darts. I think when we still go back and play counties and Super League and pub darts, I think online will still have its place. People can still do that in their own home, you know, instead of going out or it depends on money and the environment. You know, 2020 has been horrible for a lot of people, a lot of businesses, so money might be a big issue moving forward. So if you can play in your house and it doesn't cost you a lot of money, then I'm all for that to try and get everybody back into it and maybe just level out 2020. Throughout the last few months, we've been seeing loads of people playing online and, and through the PDC Home Tour and the Modus and everything. You've seen people have very different setups in their homes or in their kitchens or whatever it might be. Talk me through your setup, because I think yours might be one of the best I've seen with the, the big TV and everything. Yeah, well, I've obviously been doing it for a wee while, so 
it's just ironing out the little things that would annoy you when you watch someone else's online game. If it, when when you playing in the WBF Virtual Cup, obviously I played a guy from Mongolia, I played a guy guys from Ukraine, um, uh, Bulgarians, you know, and the, some of the setups were uh, less than desirable. But um, I think there was always a possibility of cheating. You know, and it's, it's not a good thing to say, but it's something that everyone, when you play online darts, you know, there's been a lot of chat about 100-plus average players that are never that when you play them in person. But people get comfortable in their own home, and, and some guys just relish playing without any pressure of venues or people watching. So the setups maybe are something, once everyone has a good setup, the problem of mine is I, I play in my kitchen. So <laughs> straight away, uh, it takes a room out of the house that everyone uses. And it, it's it's not been great for our family. But fair play to Amanda. She's um, she's taken the dog out or she's went for walks or went to the shops or done something while I've played to give me peace to do it. So I have to say a massive thank you to Amanda for that. But it's pushed me and her into talking about maybe creating one of the, the rooms that are in our house in a dark room. So... Maybe there's a silver line in there. Virtual darts has pushed me into having a practice room in the house, which I, I don't practice a lot. I'm not an avid practicer. I'd rather be out playing on a Monday night, Tuesday night in the, in the pub, playing darts and it's competitive darts. So it probably has made me practice a lot more. And my setup will get better. The GDC virtual bracket, you know, it's only a few quid. And that, that's set up ready to go all the time. You just clip your devices in and away you go. It's all pointing at the right places. And it's been good. Um, Live Darts Iceland, Matty that runs that, he... For the online stuff, that when you do the streaming, his the, the standard that they guys do it is incredible, and they help you talk you through everything. So I had webcams, cables, and everything. I've actually got a box in my uh, kitchen at the moment that's just full of iPads, cables, brackets, what you, you name it. It's all in there. Extension leads everything. It's crazy what what lengths you go to just to make yourself feel comfortable, so you're happy when you set up playing your darts. Talking of the virtual cup, the group stages, when we, we spoke before, you, you spoke about how much you enjoyed the Six Nations because of the one leg on, one leg off type thing. So that group stage format, best of five, must have suited you to a T. Yeah, it does. Do you know what? Everyone thinks longer formats are good for the better players. The better player will always come through a longer format match. But see, best of five, that's more like your back to your roots, Monday night, Tuesday night darts. So if you don't get off to a fire, then you're in trouble. So, best of five is really good. They're really cutthroat. Like, I lost to a Latvian guy 3-0 in the group stages and he was brilliant. He checked out a 1-6-1, a 1-2-6 and I think another turn plus. I can't remember what it was but I just have to say well played, well done and that was the only game I lost apart from the final. But yeah, the group stages were so intense because we tried to, me and Ross tried to break it down into we'll play a country a night. So, when we had a night three, we'd play against Northern Ireland. So, we get both players I would play one and Ross plays one and then we swap about half an hour later. So you were on the board for a couple of games. It's really hard. You, you know, you're at work during the day and then you maybe come home and play two games in the evening. So it's different. You have to adjust. It's not the same as going down the pub and having a practice for an hour before you match and things like that. But yeah, it, it, it does suit me. I quite like the, the on-off kind of darts. It's, it's, it's exciting, isn't it? So you need to be at the top straight away. Mm-hmm. I mean, talking of exciting, your semi-final against John Williams-Jones was, for me, the best game of the entire tournament. It was crazy. I, obviously, John has been the same as me. He's played a lot of virtual darts, but he's played a lot of online stuff in, in tournaments and been playing really good stuff. Nine darters, beating guys like Chris Dobie and players like that that we both look up to. But see, the, the, I knew going into that game, I, I wanted to be prepared for it because I was maybe averaging between 
90 to 95 in matches and, and a couple of the stream games against the American Baggage I only had an 88 so I was a bit apprehensive but um, do you know what it's one of those games when you both fire off each other he was firing I was firing and one of the one of the funny things about this maybe not funny but I, when I came off I obviously had a lot of messages about congratulations and that but one of the one of the guys in my darts team on a Monday night messaged me and says 180 140 165 and you didn't get another sniff well, that was when John checked out the double nineteen, double nineteen. So, um, yeah, John's a brilliant player. He, we, I've seen him a couple of times for Wales now. You know, at the Kelly Cup and internationals, and know what he's capable of. But he's reveled in the online stuff. He's been brilliant. There was a, a crucial point in that game uh, because you he took out that you know that big finish to go three two up, and then you took out the one twenty to go three all. When you're at home on your own, do you celebrate those big finishes the same way as you would the rest of the time? I'm not a big celebrator. I'm not a big fist pumper or noise maker or things like that. So it's different because you know when you have a good checkout against a person in person, there's body language. There's different things you can pick up on the way you come back from the board, the way his body language. You know you can pick up if his head goes down and that. But obviously he's in his kitchen in Wales. I'm in my kitchen, or he's in his bedroom in Wales. I'm in the kitchen in Scotland. You can't pick any of that up at all. You're looking at a TV screen in the corner that's just his dartboard. So. That side of it, you lose a lot of that, you know, maybe tactics that, that guys use in games and things you pick up on, you lose all that. So it's a totally different game. I know it's still darts and we still all know how to play it, but online's very different. You were in the final. Did you feel any nerves for it? Yeah, of course. Um, it was a final of, maybe people don't think it was that big a tournament, but, you know, there was 200 players from 47 different countries and, and you represent Scotland and, and you don't need to tell us anyone what it's like to represent Scotland. Everyone would love to represent Scotland. So we are passionate for our country and we want to do well. I felt nervous and, and I was ready. I played Ross in the afternoon for a couple hours and then he also, we checked in for another hour just before the game from 6 till 7. So I was ready and I started off brilliant. You know, I went 3-0 up and I was thinking, Mike, come on, three legs. And then it just, you know, the game just changed. I had a few 60, 58, 59 combos. It just isn't enough. And Patrick, Patrick started picking up his score and then the rest history, you know, I'm still good. I was going to say, when the, the USA dart stream, you sort of turned to face the camera, you did look very sad after the game. Oh, man. It's, it's so, for two reasons, really, because personally, for me to win that would have been brilliant because I put in a lot of work and I know I can play darts, but... To win something big like that would have been fantastic. But the second thing was, if if I'd won the match, Scotland would have won the virtual cup. Me and Ross would have been the champions, and we would have stopped England winning it. Which is, you know, that stuff that like last night's football, that stuff that we dream of, and and it's still heartbreaking now. Going back over the the ground from a couple of nights ago, it still hurts. It's, it still sucks. It's it's not going to change. <laughs> At least you've got, you know, another medal for your country to, to add to your collection. Is the, the tournament something you'd like to see them do again in the future? Yeah, well, like I said before, I think, I think online's probably here to stay. I think it's something that with Dark Connect and, and the way it all sets up and Skype and all these different technologies we can use, I think lockdown's forced a lot of people into home setups. So I would imagine that the WDF, speaking to Buddy a couple of nights ago on email, I think that's something that they'll look to maybe do again. So I, I hope so. It depends on, we don't know what 2021 is going to bring yet, do we? And, and how the WDS going to progress darts on our side of the, the fence. So we'll have to wait and see. But I think online will stay. I, I definitely think it will. 
And aside from the, the JDC team competition that you, you're a part of, do you have any specific darting plans for, for the rest of the year and next year, or is it sort of wait and see? Nothing so far. It's just events come up, but I think it was the call to represent Scotland. That's You're always going to take that and say yes and get involved in that. So I took it quite seriously. The, the online stuff in Iceland and that was fun, and it was good stuff to do in the evenings, but um, nothing planned. Um, obviously, on the back of the virtual, there's been a lot of messages coming my way and um, talk of Q school and different things. So I can't. I'm not sure how darts is going to be on our side, and, and if Scott, there'll be any chance to play counties and for Scotland in, in 2021 at all. So I don't know. I, I can't really say where I'm going to be or if Q school is even a thought at the minute. I don't know because of the PDC. You can play darts at least. They've got the setup. They've got the bubbles that they go in, and maybe they. You can go to a few events and that, but I'll have to wait and see. I love representing my country, so it's a massive change. It's a massive choice, but um, we'll wait and see. It's it's not off the table. Well, I was going to ask about the Q School because obviously that would open the doors for minimum the, the Challenge Tour for you next year, which might be the only thing for the early few months anyway. Yeah, well, that, that's what makes the decision maybe a... All the time in the past, I've just said no. You know, I've been I've been offered before. I was offered by Gary Anderson of all people to to go and have a go at Q School, and I said no to him. But uh, I've got a couple of good guys that are I'm really good friends with that um, are wanting to back me. So I kind of I kind of going to have to sit down with Amanda, and maybe even like speak to Ross and his experience and things like that. I, I don't know because it's not something that I've ever thought I want to do because I played darts more for the. The passion and the, the fun of darts, not for money or riches or even TV sort of stuff. It's it, that, that that comes with it, obviously. But maybe if there's no darts in the next six months or so, maybe it's something I can look at. And maybe, like you say, the Challenge Tour is maybe an option. I can still do both, playing the Challenge Tour and maybe still play for Scotland. But it's, it's a funny one. It's, it's, a, it's a fine line you need to walk to do that kind of thing. So we'll wait and see. It's, it's the next, you know, over the Christmas period, I have to sit down and really think about it decide one way or the other well if you do go I'll be wishing you the best of luck and thank you very much for your time this evening Alan really appreciate it and then unlucky the other night no problem thanks very much it's always good to speak to you Andrew thank you as always it was brilliant to, to catch up with Alan and to be fair I thought he was quite unlucky not to win the virtual cup he raced into an early 3-0 lead in just 41 darts and he actually missed darts to make it 5-all which would have forced things to a decider but in the end the win went to Patrick Kovac of Hungary and as Alan said if he had managed to win that would have given the men's overall crown to Scotland uh, but in the end it went to, to the English team of Martin Adams and Paul Hogan uh, Kovac the champion he went 9-2 and two in the group stages suffering defeats to Dale Hughes of Wales and Richard Petrecho I've definitely got that wrong of Germany in the knockouts he got he averaged 112.1 against Damien Steffens of South Africa he beat Martin Hennigan the, the reigning Europe Cup champion he beat him 4-2 he beat rising Polish star Sebastian Bielecki by the same margin and then he defeated Martin Adams 5-3 in the semi-finals Fraun Suter he went 10-1 in the group stage producing some great darts along the way and in the knockouts he beat um, the, the Mongolian qualifier, Danny Bagish of America, Adam Gowlish from the Czech Republic, who actually played the Grand Slam. And in the semis, he won one of the, the games of the tournament, as I said in the interview with John Williams-Jones, an absolutely brilliant game. And yeah, I thought, <laughs> it 
whoever won that would have been very good value for the win and it was good to see Allen come through that England's win overall in the men's event came thanks to Martin Uppens getting to the semi-finals as I said and Paul Hogan getting to the last 16 where he lost in another brilliant game to, to New Zealand's AJ Takira uh, 20 of the, the knockout games in the inaugural WDF Virtual Cup were streamed by USA Darts and I thought they did a a great job and it really does make a massive difference for the amateur side of the sport. I caught up with Will Stewart, the man who you may have heard on those USA Darts streams, to discuss the streaming of the tournament, how he got involved with streaming this year and much, much more. I'm now delighted to be joined by USA Darts commentator Will Stewart. How are you, Will? Doing well, and yourself? Yeah, not too bad. And and what's 2020 been like for you? Obviously, the, the virus is been sort of out of control all over the world really yeah it's been uh, crazy in the u.s of course up uh, you know up down up down mass no mask you know kind of that you know but uh personally for me 2020 has been actually kind of good on me this whole thing kind of came about with streaming darts and it's kind of taken off for myself i mean how did you you initially get into the streaming well it kind of started off i wanted to just get better and, and continue to play myself. So um, I started with just mainly me streaming myself um, on Quarantine Darts. So uh, some people may, may remember Quarantine Darts, but I was the man that started that. And then all of a sudden I decided to bring two boards in and commentate people, and it just kind of took off from there. Um, I, I made the transfer. I had Magic Darts come in and offer me a streaming tech position uh, with USA Darts, and I was thrilled uh, to continue to grow that brand. Uh, so I uh, came about and uh, now I'm an employee of Magic Darts through the USA Darts brand and I'm a streaming tech and a commentator uh, on that site. And in terms of playing, how did you get started? Because I know darts isn't you know, necessarily the first sport you think of in the US. Yeah, of course. Um, it actually started for me in college. My roommate hung a board up and we punctured a few holes in the wall for, for a while. We played, uh, of course, cricket is a big game here. We start off with that. And uh, after you know college, I, I didn't play. I didn't even think about it. And you know, about five, six years later, which would have been about four years ago for myself, I just picked up a dartboard, put it up, and started playing with some friends at the house. We, you know, of course, cricket again, and then found 501. And sooner or later, I was watching the Premier League. And you know, a year later, I was wanting to play play league. So I'm just kind of new to the game, really. It's it's kind of ironic that you know I got the opportunity to to even stream that. The virtual cup myself but uh, it was an opportunity we ran with it that's for sure i enjoyed thoroughly enjoyed it quarantine darts i know that sort of now merged with usa darts so and part of that you got to sort of commentate and stuff at the cdc us series in october how how cool was that experience yeah that was that was uh unique i actually was playing the richard ashdown role i was uh spotting i was kind of spotting the players which is something i've never really done before but uh, as a program that we're kind of using similar to the uh, what the Euro Tour does. So it's kind of ironic that we have that, that capability, but uh, we do. So, you know, the spot, and uh, actually, you know, uh, Anthony Eugenia, who's a part of that CDC crew, was the one commentating on that match. But I took, just kind of took the spotting role and got to enjoy that. Got to be kind of behind the scenes more in the production role, which uh, I was kind of more interested in, in learning commentating is always going to be easy as long as you can talk which can be difficult at times but uh yeah it's always you know easier to do that but to learn that aspect is really unique and, and, and a great opportunity i really enjoyed it 
during the, the virtual cup, we've been hearing your voice and, and Jennifer's voice as well on the streams. But what was your reaction when, you know, USA Darts were approached by Matt Stoner and Buddy at the WDF? Oh, wow, it was, it was unreal. Um, personally, I know Matt. Matt actually, ironically, doesn't live too far away from me. Um, and, you know, he, he's a big into the Dark Connect crew, and, you know, him and Buddy were working together on that uh, opportunity. He kind of just called me out of the blue and said, hey, we're thinking about doing this. What do you think about streaming? And I said, are you kidding me? How can I say no? And, uh, you know, at first we thought it was just going to be a small deal, maybe 16 nations, if that. And then to come out with 47, we knew we were we were in for an opportunity there. So um, we took off, ran with it, and ended up getting 20 matches. So can't complain at, at all about that. Mm. Well, I mean, I, I thought, you know, the streams make such a massive difference on the, the amateur side of the sport. But with the, the earlier knockout rounds, what was the process of choosing which games would be streamed? You know, that's kind of that's kind of funky. It was kind of mainly me and Jen that, that kind of thought about it and, and said, hey, let's pick four matches that we know are going to be quality matches. Um, we don't care the names. We don't care who they are, more or less what their averages are like and if they're going to be a great game. That's what we were looking for. And, you know, we came out on top with, uh, you know, of course – we won Neil, Neil Duff and Mal Cumming. We knew that was going to be a great match. So that's one that we have. Of course, I knew right off the bat I wanted to circle that one and, and play that. And then you look at somebody like Kazumi Sato and Lorraine Hyde. Those, you know, Sato is a big name, and Lorraine Hyde is a is a big name herself. And you know, I wanted that match because I knew it was going to be a tough one for both competitors, and, and it ended up being great. And then you look at the two other matches we had. Same thing. You know, it was just kind of. Who do you think is going to be the best match for the stream? Not who do you, who is the biggest name that's going to get viewers. You know what I'm saying? And in terms of the players that you were commentating on, how much did you know about them before the games? Oh, if 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 any at all, it took a lot of time of um, you know YouTube and notes and and figuring who these people out, all their all their statistics. Because personally, like I said, I'm I haven't been involved in darts. A very long time. I do know a significant amount. I think about darts because I've I've done the the research and the I'm always watching. But yeah, you definitely have to come in and you got to do your notes. Make sure you know who the person is and what they're about. And to some extent, you know, there's information that Jen found that I didn't find. So it was great to have another commentator who was doing her her own notes herself, and she really. She really had some great ones there to, to, to tie a tag team that together. And of, of all the games you did commentate on, which would you say was the, the best one? Oh, that's, that's, that's tough. I mean, you got to think of the finals because of the significance of those finals. Um, those were fun. Um, I really enjoyed uh, the Neil Duff and Mal Cummings match because that was back and forth the whole way. Um, it was a great match. Um, Let's see. I mean, you had so many other ones that were that were great ones. Um, John Williams Jones produced some great ones himself. But I, I really think that to top them all would probably be Neil Duff and Mal Cumming, just because it was back and forth. And it was a four thirty a.m. match for me, so I had to wake up bright and early for that one. I have to say, I think one of my favorites of the whole tournament was uh, the semi final between John Williams Jones and Alan Souter, because that was uh, a ridiculous standard for, from both of them. Personally, I've actually had the the. Uh, I've streamed John Williams Jones before through Quarantine Darts, so I knew what he was 
his standard was. Allen, I already knew just watching his uh, film and his average, tournament average, that that was going to be a great match. And I think me and Jen almost got a uh, – I was on the edge of my seat. I know I, <laughs> I, was, I was freaking out in the middle of that match, and I think it was evident in my commentary. Uh, but, yeah, that was a great standard. It was a phenomenal match, and I'm glad that you mentioned that one too because, yeah, that would probably be – between that one and Mal, yeah, uh, Mal coming and uh, Neil Duff, I think those were definitely my two favorites. And was there a match in the tournament that you you commentated on, and you thought, you know, that was just a really cool moment for, for me as a, you know, as a fan and someone who's watched the sport? There were so many cool moments in this. I mean, you think of the big names involved: Fallon, Martin Adams, um, Lorraine Wood Stanley, Mikuru Suzuki. Just to have an opportunity to even talk with those players is, for a North American, is, is really rare. Um, and to be probably on a handful of, of people that have ever commentated for people of those standard and players of those standard is um, an amazing opportunity. And one that I definitely think is, as a Kansas, middle, middle of Kansas guy who just learned the game would never have come my way. But I, I, I'm so ecstatic that, that, that this has happened and that it's a... Uh, came about and become as big as it was because it really has been a great great showing from all these players and it wasn't it wouldn't be it wouldn't be capable without those players because you got to think about it, they're your camera they're your camera people so they're directly involved as well so yeah amazing opportunity and obviously in terms of streaming one of the, the metrics that people will look at is the views I know Fallon brought in you know the bigger numbers for her games I think the women's final had 15,000 viewers in the end so were you and the team happy with the, the number of views you managed to get across the streams? Oh, uh, amazing. You know, some of the views that we get, you know, we're used to getting, you know, around 10,000 on our Facebook page. But YouTube, you know, worldwide is, is, is a lot of viewers. And we are talking people in the hundreds just waiting for the, the, the match to start. It's, it's phenomenal. You know, we're definitely happy with those numbers. We uh, surpassed the 10,000 follower mark on our, on, our, on our Facebook page. Throughout this year, we've seen, I think, about 2,000 likes and followers on our Facebook page alone just doing this WDF Virtual Cup. So, yeah, we are thrilled with the numbers. It's uh, amazing. Mm-hmm. We're thrilled with what could be coming up for USA Darts. We still have a lot that can happen, especially when we get back to live tournaments. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the, the Virtual Cup, you know, would you like to see the WDF run something similar again? I think it's definitely an opportunity. Uh, you, you think of what happens worldwide with this um, virus, um, even in the next couple of months. Um, something, you know, this virtual thing, I think, is definitely being looked at as a real opportunity now, especially with the likes of this virtual cup happening. Um, some things can happen, especially if these players take advantage, especially here in North America. If you're willing to play in the middle of the day and play somebody like Fallon or Lorraine or um, uh, Lorraine Hyde or players of that capability, go do it. You know, go do it. It's it's as easy as turning on your phone and, and playing them. You know? So, have the opportunity and get involved. Whether it's a tournament or just an exhibition, um, I think there's a a lot of capabilities with this virtual cup. What have USA Darts got lined up for, for the rest of this year and the, the start of next year? So we're working with some um, soft tip, of course, as a big scene here in uh, the States. Um, of course, we're going to do some things with that. And uh, steel tip as live tournaments here, hopefully when things get back up and running. 
But we're, of course, going to be doing the, uh, we're looking forward to doing the CDC All-Star Series, which is coming up. A lot of big-name North American players are going to be playing in that. And, of course, I'll be uh, setting that up uh, production-wise and then hopefully tag-team some commentary with uh, the likes of uh, Colin Cassell, uh, Anthony Eugenia, and Mark Taggart. So uh, some some good things here in the near future, as well as uh, the possibilities of early next year with live tournaments popping up, as well as our own stuff. We uh, we are always wanting to do virtual stuff of our own, um, whether it be exhibition matches or uh, you know a little bit more on the line. So um, if that's always a capability, you can always message us on Facebook, um, and we can set stuff up. We're always looking to. Thank you very much, Will. I really do, you know, appreciate your time. And if people want to, you know, follow USA Darts, you want to give a shout out to the channels and stuff so people can get following. Yeah, you can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, at USA Darts. Um, we're on Twitter as well. Um, you can follow me if you want to. Um, if you wanted a little insight, I, I try to try to do the live stuff every once in a while myself, but I'm doing good compared to these guys. So I just appreciate you, Andrew, for reaching out and letting me do this. Uh, thank you. You do a great job with uh, Inside the WF. Uh, WDF, and I appreciate uh, your time. No, I, I really appreciate it, Will, and I'm going to miss hearing your voice on the streams after a nice couple of weeks. <laughs> I appreciate that. I always tune in, and maybe you'll hear it in the near future on USA Darts. Oh, what a lovely bloke Will was. It was great to speak to him. And, you know, as I mentioned to him, that the, the biggest stream in terms of numbers was the ladies' final. And Fallon Jarrett consistently drew in the biggest audiences during the tournament, which isn't a, a massive surprise. She obviously came into the ladies' event as the heavy favourite, as she illustrated that in the group stage, winning all 11 of her games and dropping just two legs in the process. Her progress to the semi-finals was pretty serene as well almost routine wins in every round until she got to the semi-finals where she had a real scare against Diane Gobel of Canada. Uh, the Canadian was 4-2 up before Fallon won three legs on the spin in 19-17-17 darts to, to nick it 5-4. In the final, though, it was sort of new, normal service was resumed. She was very comfortable. She was playing the 14-year-old Russian prodigy Ksenia Kloshek and Ksenia never really got into it. Uh, Fallon had won their group stage meeting 3-1 and the Queen of the Palace was quickly 3-0 up in, in the final. Ksenia pulled it back to 3-1, to but then Fallon won another three legs, a 15 darter and two 20 darters to seal a 6-1 win, a 79 average and the title. Uh, but Ksenia can hold her head high. I thought she was brilliant all tournament, and for a 14-year-old, I thought she performed with quality throughout. Uh, she was second in that group three behind Sherrick. She went 10-1. and one, And in the knockout, she beat Trish Krzysik of Canada. She beat Tori Kiewicz of Australia, Aileen de Graaf and Irina Armstrong. So, you know, that's a real series of impressive victories. So, yeah, the final didn't go her way. But that's a senior silver medal at the age of 14. There's some impressive scalps in the tournament. Talking of Irina Armstrong, she's a former Lakeside semi-finalist. She hasn't played as much of the tour in recent years, and you'll... You'll hear more wine in a couple of moments, but she did. She had a decent run in at the World Cup. I mean, she went seven and four in the group stage, so she she came through fourth place in Group Six. But in the knockout, she really turned it up. She beat Zara Rajabi of Iran four two, who gave an impressive account of herself. She then beat Irish prodigy Case Sheldon four one, and then you know one of the most probably the biggest upsets of the tournament. She beat two time reigning BDA World Champion Makuru Suzuki four nil. 
and it wasn't particularly close. I think Armstrong had an average 13 points higher, which obviously averages could be misleading in, in a best-of-seven game, but I thought Irina was brilliant. Uh, and I managed to catch up with the, the Russian-born thrower last week to, to discuss her career, losing passion for the sport and not playing as much of the tour in recent years, how she found the WDF Virtual Cup and what the future might hold for her. I'm now delighted to be joined by Germany's Irina Armstrong. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. 2020 has been a strange year with the coronavirus and stuff. How's 2020 been for, for you and your family? It's okay. It's nothing special. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, we are uh, half time. We uh, have time at home. Hmm. But um, actually, everything is okay. And you recently finished playing for, for Germany in the WDF Virtual Cup. How did you find that experience? Oh, it's really nice. Actually, I don't expect that uh, <laughs> we do so well. Uh, but um, really happy. Uh, I am not so consistent uh, now uh, like I was before. Before I was more consistent. Now I can play really good one day on one day. <laughs> play uh, not so well uh, just need more practice do you think it is practice that's making you less consistent yeah of course practice and playing that's that's like you play piano when you don't uh, practice you will uh, forget everything so that's hmm. normal and had you played much online darts before the tournament yeah, we have some uh, tournament in Germany. We have one uh, online tournament. Hmm. Just, I think that was eight women. Eight women and maybe 16 men. And uh, that was not so good internet connection. Uh, but I won, so for me that was good. <laughs> With WDF, that was uh, really nice. We have no problem. Must have been nice. The, the quarterfinals, you beat Mikuru Suzuki, the reigning world champion. You beat her 4 0. Yeah, <laughs> I was really surprised. I was accept um, that she will uh, ruin uh, better that, she, uh, that I was expecting she was true. Uh, but I don't know what's happened with Mikuru. She, she just uh, have. have that day, I, I think, something that the same moment. You have a moment, is everything going, and I think that was my moment. <laughs> I saw you before that sometimes I can play. Yeah. <laughs> that was my moment, maybe. <laughs> In the, the semi-finals, you played a, a young Russian girl. Were you able to kind of talk to her after the game? Uh, yeah, of course, yeah. I have uh, talked with the Russian. Uh, I know the family from many years. I know an old uh, sister, a father, uh, it may be the same years uh, as me. Mm. Uh, he is a really nice guy. He is traveling uh, all tournaments. With, um, first he was with uh, Anastasia, the other, the other this sister from Xenia, her uh, name is Anastasia, she was 
before traveling and um, last couple of years uh, Ivan is the name from father hmm. he's uh, traveling with Ksenia so looking back for you when did you first start playing darts so I was uh, starting playing uh, in pub with my husband he has some uh, darts team I was looking and I found really interesting I was trying to do darts and uh, actually, I was uh, really good <laughs> starting uh, to practice and to play against uh, people. That was 20 years ago. You know, a big moment for you, 2007, you won the, the World Cup pairs with Anastasia playing for Russia. How special was that? Well, that was really special. That's, uh, I was really happy. Yeah, that was my uh, first big uh, win in my life it was really nice remember that moment was that the, the proudest or the best win of your career when you won that title world title of course but there was some tournament um, english open when i win mm. that was uh, against uh, all english women that was really difficult and uh, i played really, really well beat Trina Galeva, I think, in finale, and uh, before she was really good uh, player. For me, that was a really good win. Mm. Actually, I don't remember. I won so many tournaments. So. <laughs> uh, with Anna Wilkham, uh, I win uh, Europa Cup. That was really nice, too. That was uh, something special. We have really good friendship, and uh, that was really nice. We beat uh, English uh, I think Trina Galliver and Lita Ashton, they was uh, playing uh, half-final and we was both playing uh, really good. Final, uh, the Netherlands girls, uh, so that was really nice. And uh, I worked a couple of years ago in Canada. I was run up in World Cup single. I lost against uh, Dita Hedman. Mm. That was a really nice experience. But as a single, single is uh, more difficult to play as when you play with uh, a pair. Uh, you play uh, for yourself, and um, yeah, that's. Uh... So you played for Russia initially, and then you swapped to Germany. Why did you change which country you were playing for? Yeah, we're living in Germany. I'm living in Germany now for 25 years. And when I uh, started playing darts, I started playing darts in the Netherlands. I live uh, on the corner with Netherlands, border with Netherlands, and um, I found out that you can uh, play for your country. And I was going to ranking tournament in Netherlands, and uh, after two tournaments, I was number one in Netherlands. <laughs> uh, they were asking me that I live in Netherlands, but I was living in Germany, so I cannot play for Netherlands. So we find that I can play for Russia. And, uh, we have, uh, I, I meet uh, Anastasia in this year, and we were talking with manager from Anastasia, and with Anastasia, so I can play for Russia. So I was starting playing for Russia, but I never play ranking tournament in Russia, so for me to represent Russia, 
was not fair of the other girls. Other girls in Russia, they are going all ranking tournaments. They are spend money on their time, and, and I was just uh, pick up from <laughs> Germany. So I was. Uh, I have really good French with German people, so I was looking with Heike Jenkins to say, come, play for Germany. So I uh, has, uh, have registered in German organization, so I was starting to win a competition in Germany. But I was, uh, wait, I, I need to wait three years. Hmm. So I, that what's happened in, in Germany. I'm, uh, in all uh, ranking tournaments for the start, that was just two women. Hmm. But I think with couple of years they pick four women. Uh, for Germany, yeah, one of the time qualifier for Germany. And what was that like when, after waiting three years, you were able to, to play for Germany and you went to the, the World Cup and you got all the way to the final? Yeah, that was uh, the year uh, after. Hmm. First year was Europa Cup in uh, Turkey. That was actually really strange. So, that I am Russian <laughs> playing for Germany, and um, but uh, Germany is now uh, is Germany is my home. So uh, for me, Germany is um, my country. My children was born in Germany, and uh, for me, actually, that's no. Uh, it's right that I play for Germany. I'm proud to represent, uh, represent Germany. Hmm. I still Russian. I still have Russian uh, passport. <laughs> uh, but uh, I live more uh, time for my life in Germany as I did in Russia. <laughs> you obviously in that World Cup you lost to, to Dieter Hedman. Well, you played Dieter a few years before when you made your, your Lakeside debut in 2010. What was that like, playing at Lakeside for the first time? Oh, I was really nervous. Uh, that was... Uh, I need four years in Lakeside uh, to relax and to play uh, my game like I play normal. But I have four years. After four years, I was playing Sharon Prince. And that I was really happy how I was playing that. That was everything. I have my uh, focus, concentration. I was really enjoying playing. Uh, when I first was in Lexington, everything was, um, I don't know, scary. or I was not relaxed. Um, I'm, I need time when I'm uh, more comfortable than I know. Maybe when I uh, was more younger, when my youngest mind don't think so much. But now I have experience. I know sometimes I know what I can do to play me good. And I think later that year, 2010, you also played in the, the PDC Ladies World Championship. Is it? Do you think it's good that they're now doing a bit more for the, for the ladies on the PDC? I think that's fantastic. I think that um, women uh, that's something more. It's not like say that you win ten thousand, ten thousand pounds or how much that was twelve thousand. I don't know. Uh, women need uh, more tournaments, more good tournaments, quality tournaments that they can say, okay, I can be profi, can uh, 
just concentrate on that. But when you you are will good be, you will be good. You need practice. Hmm. Practice you have time. Uh, and when you are profi, you have time. Or you are professional. Uh, I am work, working. Okay, my my children is now uh, growing. Yeah, so I don't have so much problem with my children. They are um, they growing up. Yeah, I remember when the children uh, was small, it's really difficult uh, to play in that, so to focus, and you have two small children. Hmm. And uh, women working too. When you are working, you come home. You need to make food, uh, other things, and then you don't want practice anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I think when you uh, see doing something for women, that women can play, I can be professional. I can do something enough money to don't be worried. I think there will be more women that will take that more seriously. Hmm. It's not women playing good darts. When you look, there's so much young young girls that women. But PTC will doing something. I think will be good. I think that's uh, really good news. That they will do something. I think still that uh, women uh, they can't beat men, but they are not so good like like the men. Uh, maybe we can play one two games so high level but all the time to play in a plane that's uh, that's my opinion mm-hmm. uh, I play a lot against men competition in Netherlands getting good men Bel- Belgian men Netherlands men German men and I know that so many men I can beat but there's so many men they can beat me mm. okay the, what I have uh, all the time I never take that so seriously, but I am more relaxed playing against men as I play uh, against women. Against women, I can something lose against men. Nothing I can lose. It doesn't matter. So I play all the time. I play better. <laughs> they uh, they actually playing not so good. <laughs> actually, really good point. Hmm. But. Um, Women need uh, own tournament. That's what I think. Hmm. So for you, the last few years, you've played a lot less tournaments. So you played the, the Dutch Open, the German Open, but less of the the bigger BDO events. Was there a reason you were playing less? Uh, yeah, it's just um, I play uh, BDO tournaments before. I was travel and spend time. Uh, First, that's good money, that's uh, time, and uh, my children is growing. I was all the time weekend away, so I was thinking on uh, that. I was not seeing future mm. before. I was thinking, what can happen? You go to break fight, and you you lose first round, and then you have five that pound. I think why I'm travel. Mm. Yeah, and I just for five minutes to be playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to be playing and um, was really, um, say that disappointed. There was no, I, that was no motivation. Mm. And that was, 
year after year after year, and then I was thinking I need something more. So um, I still I still playing darts. I still playing competition. I still playing uh, tournament in Germany. Uh, we have I can play every week when I want. Okay, now it's Corona. Now it's closed, but I just not travel anymore. This big tournament. And for me, that too much money, too expensive. But when something uh, happens with women that in future, um, I think I will have interest and I will try and uh, again to practice and to have my form to try and uh, play against best women. Hmm. Well, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. And your English is very good. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Say that to my husband. <laughs> children, they all the time critic me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. And uh, he, he talk English with children, and I just uh, learn from uh, listen. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you. Oh, it was great to chat with uh, Irina and a big, a big shout out to her husband, John, who helped with sort of translation, you know, on her end and so on during the interview. Uh, and I'm very grateful to all three guests this time, Alan Souter, Will Stewart and Irina. And if you got this far, massive thank you as always. Your support is greatly appreciated and it doesn't go unnoticed. And I want to finish by giving big props to, to Buddy Bartoletta, the WDF Vice President, and Matt Stoner from, from Dark Connect for the WDF Virtual Cup. Because I thought it was a great idea on paper. You know, there were the things that might have gone wrong and... It was going to be interesting to see how it played out and how many people signed up, but I think it's more or less been, a, you know, an unmitigated success. It's played out brilliantly, and you know, the streaming really kind of got some traction in the end, and there were some really positive numbers. I think the the ladies' final did fifteen thousand views on YouTube, and the, the men's final just shy of five thousand, which is not bad going at all. You know, it gave me something to follow, which you know, obviously, is nobody's priority. But I've been crying out for some organised amateur darts this year, and. You know, that, that was the first thing really since the Isle of Man I've really been able to get my teeth into. And it, yeah, it's been brilliant to follow. I think it's given the players something to do. And I, I ultimately think it's a blueprint for maybe something they might be able to do more going forward. The news of a COVID-19 vaccine in the, in the last week was obviously massively appreciated, but that's going to take some time to roll out. And we still don't know how effective that's going to be. So, And the effectiveness of that vaccine is possibly going to play a role in how soon we can get the WDF tour started next year. So yeah, I think, as Alan said, online is here to stay. And the WDF and Dark Connect have proved that they can do something really engaging and very global. And they've proved that they can do it with, you know, 47 countries. And I think there's definitely potential for them to, to do it again next year, uh, you know, if the opportunity is there and the interest is there. But I, ju I just wanted to say thanks to them because I think they've done a brilliant job and they, they really do deserve the credit for, for putting it together and, you know, pulling it off. In terms of the podcast, I've still got the Masters of the World series ongoing at the moment. Check out my recent chats with Robin Byrne, who won the, the Girls Youth Masters back in 2014, and 1989 World Masters winner Peter Everson. Two really interesting chats, people at you know, different ages, different stages of their careers, but really, really interesting chats. And I've got two male guests lined up before the end of the month with a total of 14 PDC titles between them. So they should be some, some great listens, but... Stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll see you on the other side.